0: Hey guys, what's up? This is Lizzie Jane, and you're tuning in to another episode of the XO Podcast. This week, I had Carbon join me. He is a bass producer that has been around the game for quite some time, releases on almost every major label out there was super cool to finally get a chance to sit down with him. He has some major life changes underway as well as figuring out the next chapter for Carbon and the project in itself. He's making a lot more wonkier, freeform-based stuff. Huge artists such as excision has been playing out his new stuff religiously so definitely keep an eye out for those next releases he has so many years of knowledge so i was super fortunate to have the opportunity to sit down and pick his brain don't forget you get exclusive first looks to this podcast on my patreon at www.patreon.com backslash this is lizzie jane bloopers exclusive content dj edits one-on-one lessons go check that shit out Without further ado, this is Lizzie Jane, and you're tuning into the XO podcast. Yeah, here. Okay, sweet, awesome. Oh my god, I love it. It's fucking sick. It reminds me of when everyone was doing the the Twitch sets when they had the green screen yeah. behind them and they were just kind of like going for it. Before that, I like had no idea how to stream or like do anything of the sorts, like downloading like OBS, Soundflower, all that shit. I was just like, <laughs> damn, this is like a whole nother world. Um, but yeah, thank really you <laughs> very much for coming on today. I greatly appreciate the patience. As you can see, I'm not a morning person. So when I try to do <laughs> it, it's like an epic failure. So I greatly appreciate it. But how have you been, Mackenzie?
1: I've been good. Yeah. Um getting in the new house and doing everything has been stressful as hell, but you know, it's, it's done almost. Well, it That's is awesome, get it in, but now we still have to unpack and all this crap. So yeah, so um,
0: are you in Texas still? Yeah. Okay.
1: I mean, yeah. cool. um, cool, uh, cool. We, we ended up moving to New Braunfels, which is like 45 minutes South of Austin, but it's in like oh, a small sweet. town. It's kind of a cute little area.
0: So That's cool. So it's like a suburb kind of. Yeah. Eh, a little bit further so than a much. suburb
1: yeah there's like okay i mean a suburb of austin would be like kyle and buta or you're like i don't know 15 minutes out but like if you come out all the way out to um here it's like definitely a different city different rivers different counties
0: that's cool well i mean i imagine it must be nice to kind of like step away from the city a little bit and like have your own area and all of that stuff and are you with roommates girlfriend
1: Um I'm with my fiance. Fiance.
0: Oh shit. That's so exciting. Oh my gosh. What a uh, what a step. Also,
1: we're also expecting. I don't know if you know about that.
0: I did not know about that. Holy shit, dude. Congratulations.
1: And and we got a puppy. We're just like all over the place right now.
0: Wow. Building the fam. That's what that is. You're building the fam. (laughs) Um, how how uh when are you guys expecting how long, like how far along is she?
1: um right now i think she's 17 weeks today okay okay we're due february 10th
0: oh little valentine's day baby like around that kind of around that time well that's fucking that's so exciting and tell me about the puppy what kind of puppy did you get we did my boyfriend and i just got a puppy
1: um we got a boxer Um, oh what
0: a cutie
1: what's that oh i can't think of what that um what the name is of like their color it's like um like brown and black, but like kind of like striped.
0: Is it like a brindley kind of? Brindle. Brindle. Yeah. yeah. My mom has a brindle like pit lab. That's just beautiful coat. Oh, that's, that's very cute. We got, um, my, my boyfriend and I adopted like a husky collie mix and she's just crazy. So I assume the box is maybe a little bit more chill or is it still like total puppy energy all time high?
1: She's doing better now. Um, That's good. But box, the boxers are known to be like very energetic.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Lots of play time.
1: Yeah. But um, yeah, we have a doggy door that was already installed in the house when we uh, moved in. And so she's uh, been potty training herself. She's going out there. She's so tiny. She can barely get through it, but it's, <laughs> it's funny trying to get it, see her go through it. But um, yeah, it's definitely been a good having that. that's
0: that's <laughs> exciting and like from my point of view it's kind of like we sit here every day almost alone continuously working on music or working on other projects if we're not traveling so having a companion like a puppy, like a dog is you kind of feel like somebody's there. There's another form of energy there that sometimes just like lightens the mood up. Whenever I get frustrated, I'm like, okay, play time with the dog, walk with the dog, run with the right. dog, clear your mind. Um, But oh my gosh, that's a... Those are a lot of life changes. That's very exciting though. I mean, I'm yeah. sure you're like, like that's, I can't imagine going through that point. I'm sure at some point that will come, but congrats to you and your fiance as well. Super exciting. Um, To everyone listening, this is Mackenzie, also known as Carbon, releases on literally every label around. Um, You just had, I, I know you have a huge new id circulating right now that excision has just been rinsing the fuck out i remember seeing videos of that and i was like who the fuck is this and then i saw and i was like of course of course it's fucking carbon (laughs) um but if you don't mind just for anybody listening who isn't necessarily aware of you or your music can you give us a brief introduction um just kind of who you are
1: um yeah i mean musically or like as a like mu-
0: yeah like musically <laughs> like where you've released like what kind of music you make all that shit
1: yeah all right well i mean i put out a bunch of stuff on like never say die um i'm known i think more for dubstep um i also do like house though and i've done a house ep self released that um but yeah i mean it's kind of weird because i'm in a weird limbo spot i'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie so it's kind of hard to talk about like dubstep and how I'm making dubstep so much because yeah. I'm not doing that as much now. Okay. And it's kind of something that I'm, I'm weaning off of in a sense. I'm trying to go more into the wonkier like direction because okay. i I feel like I, as an artist have like kind of just grown to, you know, try new things. And I feel like that's good for any artist really to be creative. But, um, yeah, basically uh I just really don't want to smash my face in the in the ground or like you know headbanging all that stuff. I'm I'm really like into vibes right now and not just pretty but also you know wonkier like kind of danceable vibes. I don't know. So I'm I'm kind of in a weird spot but for what I'm known for is definitely a dubstep and like some trap and and some like more hype house stuff and I don't know yes um
0: no i appreciate it that was perfect i'm kind of in this similar situation even though i'm a lot more um early on in my career than obviously you are but i'm at this point where it's like i really love dubstep and i like making it but it's like not what like my desire is not to like make rhythm and it's like not to like make that like Heavy shit. And I think that those kind of like sub genres of bass music are still like going strong. And there's incredibly innovative artists coming up and like pushing kind of those boundaries forward. But I am in this wave right now where like I'm kind of structuring the beginning of writing my songs more like singer songwriter and then like adding the orchestration underneath it and still like melodic bass music, or you could say like the future kind of rhythm wave. Um, but I, I have talked to a lot of artists in the last, and I don't know if it's maybe like a spin-off from like COVID or people just trying new things, which is awesome because I personally think every artist should evolve. Like you can't just throw an artist in a fucking box, even though right. our industry does that all the time. And it's like really fucking hard to get people sometimes to like hop on board. It's it's cool to see a lot of artists be you know, willing to go in these different directions. I just... You are probably the 10th person I've spoken to in like the last few months that have been saying how they're kind of like under undergoing this change with their sound and with the way that they want to perceive their project. So, I mean, if right. you don't mind kind of like going into it, um, how did you kind of decide that you wanted to go in this new direction? Was it just something you've been wanting to do for a while? Is it something you really got into over COVID or?
1: Um, you know, I just kind of felt like I wasn't really, I felt like I was in a box. I'm sitting in a box, you know, like my fans want something and I'm creating it for them. Also, when you're, when you're, tour, when you're touring, it's like, you know, if you don't make music, you don't tour you know, and if you don't make the music that people want from you, you don't tour. It's mm-hmm. kind of harder to tour at least. But anyways, when I was touring a lot more, um, I've kind of slowed down a little bit recently, just due to you know COVID. I'm trying to like kind of, I mean, having a pregnant fiance here and stuff. It's probably not good to bring COVID back to her. And
0: probably so not kind of,
1: kind of kind of like taking a step back a little bit right now. But um, anyways, yeah, take like a oh my god, big old train wreck right here.
0: I literally do that all the time. You have no idea. I'll literally just stare into the camera or I'll stare at somebody and I'll be like "Dear in the headlights. Look, I have no fucking clue what I was about to say.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so anyways, basically I just, I don't know.
0: I th- it's I think hard. That, it's a hard decision. It's like hard to elaborate when you decide to make that kind of decision. I feel like.
1: Yeah. I just feel like it's been like dubstep has been very difficult to be fresh in Mm -hmm. judging, but you know, there's a lot and i made a tweet a while back and uh, it wasn't exactly uh, accepted the greatest (laughs) way. Um, but I I don't think
0: anything's accepted on Twitter. I'll just give you that right now. I think, you know, uh, that's true. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: But anyways, yeah, I, I think that, um, it's just really hard to be creative now. And it's um it not, sound, not, I mean, I like that the, the color base and the future rhythm and all that stuff is coming out. It's really cool. And it's kind of like a new, uh, it's almost like 2010 revamping. It's like we're going to go through this new cycle. It's like 2010 revamping, but 2021 version of that. So every mm-hmm. decade is like melodic. And then it keeps going, you know, and I feel like that's kind of what's, in a sense happening, but it's more like the younger kids starting a new, um, their new take on that. Honestly, I don't even know if some of these producers have even heard those old songs in 2010. A lot of them are super young, but so I mean, young. they probably have, but I don't know. I mean, it's, that's, that's kind of why I was wanting to take a different direction um, just because I feel like it's, Dosef is also extremely saturated right now. Um, you know, and it's a lot of competition and, and it's not, I'm not trying to run from that. Um, but i just you know, it's it's just kind of um I don't know, it, it's like it's just so much extra um not work, but like just a lot that goes into it in order to try to be able to be creative in, in dubstep right now. That's all. And it's just it like, I don't even I don't even know how to right now. And and I can try and make new sounds, but the thing is I'm kind of in this weird spot, like what sound hasn't been made, you know, like at, at, like in dubstep, like back in 2012, like there was always new sounds coming out all all the way up until now. And it's not now it's not even like really new sounds. It's more just like the same sounds being jumbled up into different melodic structures or yes, um, beats in a sense. So I don't know, but anyways, so yeah, the wonkier stuff that I'm trying to do now, I just really, it, I feel like it's a good way for me to be able to make um, Here, am I, am I choppy right now? Man?
0: You're a little choppy, but it like, it usually kicks over in zoom where like when it renders, it renders you like th- all the way through. I was wondering if it was my wifi or if it's yours or if it was just like the the rate at which it was. Okay, there you go. Look at that. Look at that. We made okay. a, transition, a transition into the bedroom. Um, yeah. but
1: <laughs> my, graphic, my graphics card was probably being a little wonky because that visual is a little intensive.
0: That is intense. But, uh, it's very intense. But okay, so you were saying in, into the wonky music, like is, is it just like the vibes or like you feel like you can be more creative and like try and do stuff that yeah. you're not just hearing over and over again?
1: I feel like if I like the things that I love about music is creating atmosphere. Like, like everything that I always teach, like anybody in my lessons that I do and like all this different stuff, like anytime I ever talk about it, it's all about atmosphere and space laces is a number, like his Ooh, stuff number is one. So killer because yes. he makes you feel like you're in a different world. with Every song, every time I mm-hmm. drop hits, every time anything happens, you know, it, it's really cool. Now that's awesome for dubstep too. And you can do that obviously, but I feel like with like the wonkier stuff, I can make people feel like they're in a jungle and I can make people feel like, you know, there's dinosaurs around and you can do that with dubstep too. But like, I don't know. It's just like, I feel like I can really create my own world even easier. Mm-hmm. But also at the flip side of that is with wonkier stuff, prettier melodic stuff is also more accepted compared to me in the dubstep as yeah as mu- or like with just with my style if I would to put out a future bass track everybody's gonna be like what the hell are you doing you know it, it wouldn't make any sense so like that's why me kind of like taking this transition I can get really high quality pop vocals or like just pretty pretty vocals or whatever and put them into like kind of a um you know sustained like elongated like pretty basses but it's still like dark and i'm still in a different atmosphere you know what i mean like yes and that's the and i obviously i could do that in dubstep too but i just feel like it's more fun being able to do like slower tempos doesn't have to be 150 all the time you know i can i can you know play around a lot more in all the genres i mean they've uh a lot of wonkier stuff set like 170 also 100 like nobody in dubstep plays 100 beats per minute you know like and yeah, I've been playing a lot of that, but there's a lot of wonkier stuff with that. So it's really fun.
0: Yeah, definitely. And like when you were at Ritz the last time I saw you, you know, your set was like all over the place. Like you were going from BPM to BPM to BPM, where really traditionally in dubstep, you're really just going to be between like 140 and 155, maybe even 145 to like 150. And what I noticed now is that, it's exactly like chord progressions writing in like a band. Like every chord progression has been written, but like one of two things that I see, especially with like bass music focusing on like that 150 dubstep, is that like one, you know, there are just tools that are around that didn't used to be around that can really just show you how to fucking do anything and sound like anybody and like the presets and the sample packs and like the only and then the flip side of that is that like i'm someone that at the end of the day i care about the techniques and i care about the sound design but it has to be listenable and it has to have like some sort of like song structure composition and the stuff that I'm hearing that's like quote-unquote new is like hard for me to listen to more than once because it's so left field and it's It's just uh, yeah yeah yeah. it's like some metallic like like bottle like being rammed into a car tire like over (laughs) and over and over again and like while that's awesome like I don't have those sound design chops that like i wish i could have but like it's just not for the general consumer unless they're really into that like dirty like gritty stuff like you're not gonna get people to hop on board with it so yeah. i feel like it's in also, this weird position
1: yeah that's also like the niche though i mean that they're they're trying to hit so i mean like mm-hmm. that's cool but you know it's uh, i don't know it's it's very um i i have kind of put some i kind of put some like dubstep into uh, categories there's like obviously it probably sounds not very good but (laughs) there's some that's just like it's just noise like it's just loud and it's just in your face and that's all it is other than a a kick and snare and that's it looks like (laughs) a brick
0: wall it's like this big and it's like all the way down the song Yeah.
1: yeah and then there's like stuff that you know you can follow along you can that's why I really liked like older kind of like step stuff because they would have like little melodies like in the middle of it and then it would go back into the hard stuff. And that was really cool. And you can, you can sing that later, you know, like you're not, it's not like, you know, some uh, tear out track where you're like, or like convulsion where I'm like, you know, it's just not gonna, I'm not going to sing that in my brain, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I've definitely made like noise tracks too, but that's also, those are what kind of kill it live, honestly, but...
0: The bangers, like that's what people want. And like, that's what I noticed too is, is I've had conversations with people like Chime and Asora and those guys in my mind are like so incredible and they've helped like pioneer exactly what you said, this kind of mutation of 2010 dubstep. And it's super fucking sick, but... It's like that's the kind of music that, like, I play and make maybe a little bit heavier, and it's really hard for a crowd to get on board with it sometimes because all they want is the fucking noise tracks and the bangers. But it's like at what point do you step back and say, okay, well, like, I understand that. I may not have everybody on board with me, but the people who really fuck with me are going to really fuck with what I'm doing. So it's like weighing that out to like, am I going to please everyone because they all want a mosh pit and they all want a headbang? Or am I going to like please the people who are like down for the melodic shit and they really want that like beautiful color base,
1: you know? Right. And that's like, yeah, that's the kind of hard part about it. Um, It really comes down to like having the right, um, plan of attack like management and like people pushing you to the right areas um mm-hmm. of that scene that niche part of the scene like really pushing you there so you can grab that fan base I feel like that's and that's the only way to really like i don't know like kind of um, be successful in whatever niche you're doing you really just got to be pushed right into that you got to be right there with those artists you got to be you know doing everything in that same realm mm-hmm. but yeah. So, I mean, like if I was trying to make, you know, color base or something or like, like future rhythm, or whatever we call it nowadays, I don't know. Right. Um, <laughs> if I was going to do that, I mean, people would be like, oh, cool. But also it just wouldn't make sense. So, like, I don't know. It's a, it, it might make more sense for me because I've actually done quite a bit of melodic stuff, but I, I don't know, in different ways, but I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's definitely um, not as received. At shows when you aren't already like super well known, like super yes. well known,
0: yes, yeah. yes, yeah, like really, really well known, and it's like you even look at people like who are kind of like the forefront of that little because by now it's all just subgenres of bass music. There's like tens of twenties of subgenres, and yeah. and. I feel like you either decide to like appeal to that niche, whether it's, it's like the Midas, Nerco, or the Chime, Ace, Ora, or the really heavy, like black label, never say die, like rhythm, um, or you choose like the excision route where like, you're going to make that typical dubstep. And, and it's like, I sit here and I think, okay, what would be more beneficial to somebody coming up? Like, do you kind of swallow your pride and like make that in order to open more opportunities? Or do you kind of stick to what you want to do long term? Cause that's what you're going to do long term. And at the end of the day, you may lose people.
1: And that's where I'm at right now because I'm like Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I, do, I love so many different types of music and I put out so many things. I mean, I have a drum and bass EP and the house EP. I have a whole house album still that I haven't released. I have all this wonky music. I probably have like 15, 16 tracks that are done. Like I it's just I have all this stuff but and I like making so much different music and that's the thing. And so like, I don't know, I'm kind of in a weird spot. Like I'm kind of just like at this point, you know how Heckler, he just kind of took his own thing and just did yeah. it. Now that's cool. And I like, and, and he ran with it and I feel like people are receiving that well.
0: Yes. So that's, He's that's been on an uphill battle though. He has yeah. been on a battle because there are a lot of people who were like, not about it. And and someone who I always use just as an example when I talk to people about like the whole genre box thing is like Getter with his visceral project. Like that's right. the epitome of what happens when you know someone goes like a 180, but it's like at the end of the day. Like, it's okay to have your fans not like your music, but it just sucks when they're so outwardly not about it. And I don't feel like that's happening to Heckler. Like, it happened to Getter. Like, I feel like people are at least, like, appreciating it. Like, he has the support of, like, awesome labels and, like, back-end industry people who are really liking what he's doing. Because there's not a shit ton of people doing it. Like, there's just not. But it's for a reason, per se, because we're in this age where it's like... Everyone, you either want Tech House or you want dubstep, And like, right. that's it. That's it. Like, I even watch crowds at like Seven Lions sets. And it's, I, I just don't feel like it, it is how it used to be when I like came into the scene.
1: But also maybe it's because we grew so much, you know, past that. When I, when yeah. I, when I first saw the scene um, or when I first got into the scene, I saw Seven Lions and it was the most fucking insane show. I was like, holy right. crap, this guy that plays pretty stuff, but he also goes into Psytrance and all the shit. It was so cool. And I saw him at um, the Gorge Amphitheater that day. And it oh. was it was amazing. Fireworks awesome. and everything. And like, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen the set since. But I mean, I'm guessing like I probably would appreciate it. But and I would love it still. But like the fans... It's just like dubstep is the only thing that people want. I just don't get it. I, <laughs> I know,
0: right? I know. It, it's it's a battle because it's like, and and I think I really do believe, like obviously we know the back end where like not everyone does make their own music, but like I really do believe that if you have honed the craft and skill to make dubstep, like you are one of the like. It's hard. It's a hard genre to master and a skill set to have like when I see people who produce dubstep or like I have clients that I do work for like under publishing and you write you know whether you're writing pop or you're writing a beat it's like from a musical standpoint it's different because you're actually taking into consideration like more music theory, like, more song structure, how to actually write based on a template. But, like, the actual production of it and, like, the back-end, like, mixing down, mastering is so much easier than dealing with a dubstep
1: track. And it's totally different finding, like, different tones, especially with pop tracks. I mean, you're you're trying to make sure that, you know, your songs sound perfect in every system. Mm -hmm. When I make dubstep stuff or, like, EDM in general... I'm only making music for big systems That's it I mean and it's very obvious in my mix down how that you know is coming across but yeah with like pop stuff and like I've been trying to make hip hop I have like I don't know 25 hip hop beats or something that I made just the other, like I don't know last year mm-hmm. and um yeah it's such a different world but it's weird because like some of the hip hop beats like I I try to make them like you know as simple and as like kind of almost dull as you know a lot of people have them like in pop, like mainstream stuff. But then I also yeah. like add like, a, like like an EDM influence to some of them and they're like way harder. And I'm like, but that won't be accepted by hip hop artists. And that's yes. like, even though it's a way harder beat and it's way cooler and the flow would be sick and like all that shit. Nobody wants it.
0: I I hear it sometimes, though, in the really big hip-hop artists. Like, I hear that EDM influence. Like, when, like, Travis Scott did, like, his last album. And then, like, even some shit in Donda. Like, the producers he had with Donda were pretty, like, like almost, like, minimal bass kind of edginess that was, like, these back ends. Like, I I use, like, Billie Eilish as a good example, too, where they have these, like, full-completed songs, but then they have, like, an interlude, like, pitched at the back end of it, where they go into something completely left-end, and it's, like, really dope because it reminds uh, me of, like, our genre and, like, literally just, like, EDM music kind of, like, going into whether it's, like, manipulating 808s or them just doing, like, a crazy like low-end beat but it's cool i just i hope that i don't know now that we're back i feel like everything that everybody said they wanted to see change is never gonna change and and we're just back to like the bangers and we're back to the clubs and we're back to those things. I mean, I personally don't think, I mean, I think we may have to, you're in Texas and I'm in Florida. So we're, we're in those two States that nobody wants. Um, and, and, but I don't, I don't think that we would ever go backwards again, but like, I definitely see like the whole vaccine thing. And then like the 72 hour test, like being the standard in order for us to continue to like throw events and stuff. and, and, Because I've seen cancellations in Texas, like the Freakazoid, and then like something else got canceled. L-fest. Yeah. So, like, yeah. is that because in my mind, it's because you guys can't require vaccinations legally? So, like, the investors are pulling out or like something on the back end? Or, like, what do you think the deal is there?
1: No, I think that it's, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think that it's literally the fact that we were in stage five for like a while. Yeah. I don't know where we're at now. Well, I mean, I say we, but I'm like so far away. But Austin is, uh, Austin's been, it's been hit con- constantly, like nonstop with stage three, stage four, stage five. So I don't know. But also yeah. I, see all the, I see all the stories of my friends are all going out. The clubs are packed.
0: They're packed. You know, They're packed. They're I'm, packed everywhere. Packed. Yeah. And nobody's yeah. like
1: requiring anything to go into a club. They don't care. No. Especially sixth Street. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. Everybody be out there fucking naked if they could, right?
0: No, literally. I mean, that's the same thing. How it is in Soho? It's like I remember when we like really opened back up. It was like the 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 month of like Sunset Music Festival, where I was just cases were getting better. It was like before the variant, and everyone was just like fucking going crazy. And then like this is when all of this kind of came about, and now no one's really. I mean, people are talking about it. Don't get me wrong, but you know in florida our hospitals are more full than they've ever been like through lockdown through everything like they're worse than they've ever been and it's just like yeah. it's 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 going to be interesting and at some point too it's like this is probably our new normal for a while this is going to be what we have to work around and work with in order to keep doing stuff and i talked to my agents or my management team and you know, they tell me that just the attendance on a whole from comparing numbers from like 2019 to now is just so down. It's like there's venues that still aren't open. Right. People aren't buying tickets. People aren't cool with the vaccine thing. They aren't cool with the not vaccine thing. So there's so many factors that's causing people to stay home, let alone on top of that. There's some people who are afraid that, you know, they may lose their job again.
1: Right. Yeah, um, when I played uh, Backwoods here last weekend, I think, um, they were expecting to have, I think it was 10,000 people or something. And something like that. Anyways, that whole festival was, like, really undersold. Like, super undersold. It was, like, patchy in the main stage, which was crazy.
0: Which is crazy.
1: I mean... I don't know. I that 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 festival normally does really, really well, and there's, I mean, I'm definitely not bashing them or anything, but I'm no. Just well,
0: like- I know them as being a really big festival, like in right. my mind, like a boutique festival, but like big, like 10k is like a good number to draw to, like a niche EDM festival.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. It's yeah, yeah, and and I, where was the festival at? What state?
1: Deep in the woods in Arkansas.
0: Oh, there we go. So in the <laughs> middle of nowhere. So it's like in my mind. I go, okay, is it people don't want to travel? Is it people don't have the money to travel? Is it, you know, it's just, it it could be just the backlash. And that is what I was so scared of when we were going through this is because I could almost like foresee It's not necessarily the problems we're going through now. It's the problems that everyone's going to go through when we open back up. Because now you look at markets where you would have, when I just played in Dallas, you know, normally, even though it's a big city, you may have like one competing show, but you know, you have five or six of the same genre in one night and within a hundred mile range. And it's just everybody's like, Going at it. I see like fellow artists doing headline tours for the first time. And it's not going well because there's just so much competition. And there's all of these like pandemic promoters. I don't know. That's like the terminology that I like hear sometimes. (laughs) But like they just weren't promoters before COVID and now they're promoters. So you have those guys thrown into the mix. And it's just like A shit show too, because all of the states are in like such different kind of policies as getting back to normal and what their normal is. So it's just going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. And I'll be like, I'll be intrigued to see at the beginning or middle of 2022 where we're sitting at. But I definitely don't think the way that things are going now is going to change unless something big happens to, to have everyone either, you know have the variant go away, which isn't going to happen or have everybody get the vaccine, which isn't going to happen. Yeah,
1: you know, it's um, the, the thing is all those, all the promoters that are the pandemic promoters, like you're talking about, Mm -hmm. those are the people. So unless you're on the cusp of like already like big, you know, or you're, you're past that, you know, you're already big, the big, the good promoters are only going to like fuck with you. um, If you're already big, because they know that they can maybe make a dollar off you at that point. But the thing is, yeah, a lot of artists right now are playing for so many promoters yeah, that, that are like super new, but they're the only ones who are willing to take the chance to pay yes. to be able to get them in. So a lot of my offers that came in have been from people. We have no idea who they are. You know? No and, idea. And we're just like, and I mean, but if you're like Riot 10, I mean, obviously all the festivals like Insomniac and like all these people are going to be hitting you up. And like also the really good you know clubs, but also like I mean obviously when I played the Ritz I mean that was I know who they were but um, yeah yeah I don't know it's just it's definitely a different world right now also um, yeah the pand- pandemic's not going away I mean herd immunity is probably going to take at least five years I can only imagine and even at that point you know I feel like the government's still probably going to push uh, you know all the vaccines just like the flu you know, yeah the yeah. Game.
0: But it's probably, thing there's gonna
1: there's gonna be a point once we reach like actual herd immunity that um it won't be required kind of like okay. a full shot
0: yes I yeah feel like
1: that's kind of like how it's gonna get to at some point but which also, is where we
0: want to be but but yeah exactly who knows and that's why it's you know I try I've tried when I when I did these during COVID I felt like I only talked about COVID with artists because it was so detrimental to our industry like if we were still working we were still doing whatever I'd be maybe making some comments but that would be it but it's it's crazy because it's like as this mutates it's getting stronger instead of weaker which is the problematic kind of perspective of the right. long term where you know we're already seeing four to five strains and now it's affecting kids more and kids are back in school and you know you can bring that home to your parents and it's just i can't i couldn't imagine having you know a kid in first grade right now like that would be insane to me to have to deal with that, especially right. in a state where, you know, it's just kind of all up in the air. Uh, but yeah, it's just, I, I'm very happy to see things back. I I really, at one point last year, when we got over the whole, oh, this is going to be a month. This is going to be two months, three months. And we made it kind of almost a year in with nothing. I, I'm i obviously super happy. It's just, it's different And, and I see a lot of people, as I'm still new people who have been in the industry for a decade, they're just torn because it's so different. And on the back end of the industry side, it has been so detrimental to any financial stability or, or just anything in general.
1: And that's why so many sample packs are coming out from big artists because they're Mm -hmm. trying to find different ways to to diversify their income and their brand and all kinds of different stuff. And. Yeah, that's that's a that's the biggest thing right now is definitely diversity in your income as yeah. as a, any creative, honestly. I mean, it's just uh you know, I I'm, I'm like I'm trying to start a couple different businesses, I'm trying to do all kinds of different stuff, you know? I mean, it's not to, uh, you know, get away from the scene, but to sustain during the scenes Issues.
0: Yeah. No, you're being intelligent. I think if anyone comes out of this and thinks that they can just depend on touring to make their, the majority of their income now, and that's okay because like, it is the majority of artists' income. Don't get me wrong. Like you're not gonna make money off the fucking streams, especially in this industry. But yeah. <laughs> you know, like you should have a Patreon, you should be selling sample packs, be a teacher, be something to make sure you're gonna be able to pay your bills. Because thankfully I was in the I was not in a great position, but I was in a good enough position to where I could get by, where I knew friends who they just went from having X amount of income nothing for months and months and months. And, and you just can't, anything can happen. Like we could wake up tomorrow and watch the news and some shit could go down and everything could close. So it's, it's like, you have to be prepared. And, and if you have the skill set that you should have as a producer, like you shouldn't have an issue being a freelance worker and having clients or having students or something like that was that some things that you did kind of are continuing to do now? Like, are you teaching? Are you doing like mixed mastering? Like what are the businesses you're trying to start?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm actually trying to start, I mean, I've done, I've been doing lessons and all kinds of different stuff. Um, you know, mixing and mastering obviously, uh, is kind of something that everyone does for the most part, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, it's not always, it's kind of taboo. People don't really always like talk about it, but if people hit them up in you know, DMs and maybe they'll do it, but I've been trying to push it a little bit more just because I actually really love helping people. And I really love helping people like, uh, you know, hear my perspective well, with lessons, at least hear my perspective on, you know, how I would do things and, and try to direct them in the, the direction that they, you know, want to uh, be as an artist and, and you know, help, help, Form that with them. I do. I've been doing some branding and stuff for artists as well, and awesome. um, you know, just trying to figure stuff out with them and and you know, um, help them be successful. But also, um, I mean, I'm I'm actually really looking into creating a business, which um, I think I want to call it Tomorrow Sound. Uh, That's it. And it's to, like the number two, and then my last name is Morrow, so Tomorrow and then Sound. Okay. Um but anyways, yeah. So I was thinking about doing that and, and creating a website and, and getting that all going. But it would basically be a website where I can get a big like circle of artists all um connected to be on this website and basically they can and you know, fans or, or producers or whatever can, you know, pay for specific things like um like mixing mastering and like all this different stuff, but it'd be it'd be artist brand instead and and I don't really know if there's a ton of stuff like that. I know there's like Cymatics does that kind of stuff, but it's not really, and they're like engineers, but they're not, yeah. really like, you're not getting stuff done by artists that you like yeah. look up to, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but yeah, and I want to just um, have a bunch of people, you know, have a platform in order to be able to, you know, connect with artists and all this different stuff. So um, anyways, that's definitely something I've been wanting to do um, moving has slowed that down but I, I really plan on developing that as soon as possible um, that's I think sweet. It'd be really cool i also you know i also kind of i'm, I'm trying to offer like ghost production even in that because it's just a part of our scene it is
0: it really is it.
1: <laughs> but like more people than
0: you a, think i can tell you that much yeah it's it's, it's can, the unspoken can, thing
1: <laughs> yeah you can pick though like who by having a, a circle of artists or like a team of artists on there, you can pick who you want to ghost produce that track. So that's, that's, See, that's so some pick.
0: crazy shit. That's so yeah.
1: That, yeah. And so, or like who you want to master who you like, and I'm trying to get like monster cat artists. I'm trying to get like the people who have like, that make really fucking pristine music. Like um people who have analog gear that they can run their mastering stuff through, you know, like, that's what I'm trying to get at, and um, anyways, yeah, I, I'm trying to figure it out. But you know, it's going to be a little bit of a of a, of a job to get it all done. But it'll, uh, I think it'll be really cool, and it will be a good little. Um,
0: it's supplemental income for these artists as well, which would be super right. sick. And like, it's not just like you're running services as like a bedroom producer. Like, you're gonna have these artists' name on it, and like having certain names on it is gonna bring credibility alongside you know whatever service they would want so like that's a huge upcharge in itself when you're going to get somebody who's so well established to mix and master your stuff or ghost produce your stuff and yeah. and and it's also like from that standpoint it's like that's the only reason why I send my tracks to get mastered is because like I have friends who have, have analog gear that I don't have. And it's like that's such a like that's that's such like a top notch, like that 10 extra percent that you need to have, you know, a sub or something sitting at like this pristine level that you're not gonna get with digital gear most of the time.
1: Right. And it I mean you can make it sound great with digital, but yeah, I mean, even just having an Apollo, do you know what an Apollo is?
0: Yeah, the interface. Yeah.
1: yeah. Just having those UAD plugins, even that is like astronomical indifference compared to like um stock plugins and in softwares and oh like, yeah you can make those stock plugins sound good but there's always like a, a underlying tone i i've been I, I got really really nerdy in 2019 and i i ended up like really digging into the engineering aspect of everything but um so i spent like stupid amount of money on uh all the apollo vsts oh but, shit uh, okay or the uh uad um plugins or whatever but yeah anyways it's it's definitely a game changer um you know the funny thing is i haven't even been using them for the last like i don't know 20 tracks
0: (laughs) i i feel like i have that conversation with so many people where like i like go through phases where it's like whether it's like a new plugin or something like that like you kind of have like this like honeymoon phase with like plugins where you use them, they're new, like you're like you're totally about them. And then you'll go back to the ones that you were using for the last like five years or the last like four years. And like I can count on my two hands, like the ones that like I know I'm gonna use Every fucking time, but I've heard phenomenal things about the UAD. Not the not only the Apollo, but the UAD plugins. And I have right now a scarlet 18i because I I play like I do instruments and shit. So it's like it's right. it's good to have the the 18 in 18 out. But I have wanted that's about to make.
1: The same, sorry, that's not okay. the same price as the Apollo.
0: <laughs> see, see, so, but I've been wanting to make the switch for a long time. But I'm just like weighing it out I'm like okay is that what you need like out of everything do you want to use that so do you have the Apollo
1: yeah so I do but I the thing is the reason I stopped using it is because a lot of people don't have the things that I have so when I want to okay. send off project files to be you know collaborated on I they, they can't even open it like they're they, they like oh, you know, no using them as key elements like they can't even like use like if they it, it fits what makes it sound amazing like there's an ssl compressor in in the uad and i fucking love it it's amazing but i always have to be connected to the U to the apollo in order to be able to have that active because it's all run through that interface so okay because that that's the processing or whatever That like, that's what you're paying for with the Apollo is it's processing on its own. It's not processing on your computer. It has its own processor doing everything with just those. Okay. So, so that's why it's so expensive. But the thing is, every time I go out to a show and I'm in a hotel room, you know, and I want to work on this song, none of those fucking (laughs) plugins load.
0: you can't like freeze them like it doesn't work to freeze and baby no no?
1: it says we we can't load uad plugins so that's the problem. that's why i avoid (laughs) it those aren't
0: made for people like us then they're just like like i like i feel like you have to be almost just like a like strictly in a studio working like a studio engineer where like this is my workstation i can't i just spent like four grand on this fucking PC to like, and it's amazing. Don't get me wrong, but I did it so I could be able to travel anywhere and still work on my stuff. So that would be so annoying. Cause if you could freeze it, that'd be different. But if they don't even work, like you literally can't collab, you can't do anything. You'd have to maybe put everything to audio. But then at that point you can't work on it when he sends it back. Like it's stuck. It's done.
1: Right. So it's just, I don't know. It's, it's really cool when I'm like working on pop vocals and like, or like, just really, really good. Like um, I want to make something super high quality mm-hmm. to, uh, and like I'll do that and I'll only work on it here. Now that I'm not really touring as much and we have the baby on the way and you know, all this different stuff, like it's going to be nicer because we'll be, I'll be home more. Yeah. But also that Apollo only works with my MacBook and I love my PC that I'm on right now. So like, it's a pain in the butt to get the MacBook uh. out. And then, like, do everything. Also, I love gaming. So, otherwise, I would buy one of those Mac <clears throat> desktops, the nice ones. Yeah. Um, and I would just keep that here in the studio all the time. But the thing is, I can't game on it. So, I'm like, I have to use a laptop. That's it. Yeah. And, then I, and that sucks, bringing it here. So, I don't know. It's, uh,
0: do they make so Apollo they make, for PC? Or is it only Mac?
1: They make one. Okay. Or they did make one and I think it's not even being made or being uh,
0: produced. Damn, I could, dude. I could be it.
1: wrong. But I think they might. But anyways. Yeah, and that and I was I was thinking about buying that one for this computer cuz I mean, this computer can run anything I could ever want. My MacBook is like it's like a $3,800 MacBook. It's not like a super high tier one. My Mac like sucks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I I I reached a point where it was like I was like, okay, I'm very convinced unless I have like six or seven grand to spend that this is just like an aesthetically pleasing college computer. And like, if you, if you want to do anything creative, like anything with the graphics card, anything gaming wise, you know, Adobe Premiere fucking even producing, like I would sit there and watch the fucking wheel of death for like 25 minutes and just like wait for a clip to move. And it's just like so bad. And now with this, I'm just like, yeah, I can get everything done. I feel like I've like gained hours back in my life because i can just work so quickly i'm like so pissed at myself that i did not hop on the pc game and like my students now like like if they're if they're like in the middle of computers i'm like pc 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 like just do it and they're like oh it's ugly like it's whatever i'm like no like if you need like because they don't understand like the specs on the back end of it and at one point when you get to a certain level of production i feel like your like general typical Mac is just not going to be able to handle the things, like the tools you're going to need to process things or mix and master.
1: Right. Yeah. And I am with, I've made EPs like recently I've been making EPs all in one project file. So it's like Mm -hmm. 400 tracks. Okay. Holy shit. I couldn't do that on the Mac. I could do that on the PC and that's what I'm doing it on. So like, and I can't even use the Apollo for that. So that's like, I mean i just have a really crappy focus right I id like i don't i mean that's just for my game i basically just get my mic to work and that's it. yeah <laughs> but and that's it yeah so i mean I, I that's why i need the higher processing power if i want to do something like that and i love that because um i love making like free-flowing eps ones that like the song goes into the next and keeps going that's what i really enjoy and because i love that nero and knife party did that a lot um Back when
0: and dude, I'm literally about to I I I that I don't know why I've never thought about that. Cause I just made like a two-sided kind of thing that we're gonna release, like side A, side B thing, because it's just two singles and, and I just should have put them in the same fucking project. Cause I spent so long, like they're in the same key and everything, but like getting it to be timed like correctly. Right. But it's like, that's just such a good idea. I had no idea Nero and Knife Party did that. It was just like one after the other after the other.
1: Yeah. And the, the cool thing about it is too, I mean, you know how every track just has a, a slightly different tone when you produce yes. it, you know? You can use the same subs from another song and put it in and like everything will just like sound, like the whole EP will sound super cohesive.
0: Are you doing any tempo changes or is it all the same tempo if you're going to do it like that?
1: You can do tempo changes.
0: Yeah. But, I, I guess mean, you just automated on the master. I would, would yeah. just wonder if that would get like a little tricky, but probably not. Probably
1: no, fun. you just gotta make sure some of your like when you're making that transition, you gotta make sure that some of your stuff is like complex pro or complex, complex. pro. I
0: was about to say, Relative. or it sounds like yeah. a chipmunk. It sounds <laughs> like it's like what I just when I developed what complex pro was like whatever, four or five years ago, I was just like, this is the magic button. This is like, yeah. this is it. And, and, but that's cool. And you said you, you teach too. So you have like some students who, you know, you, you help develop. Is it kind of just like yeah. basic, like production lessons or are you like working kind of on a mentorship level with some kids?
1: Um, half and half. Okay. Some, some people don't know anything about music at all. And I'm like helping them with, like even creating track, a track, you know, like, and then some people, you know, they actually make really good music, but they just want to get to that next level and they don't understand like how to get their quality just slightly higher. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's kind of almost more enjoyable for me because I get to like really nerd out with somebody, you know, but like, it's, it's kind of, it's a little bit more difficult trying to like teach somebody from the ground up, but it it definitely, um, it, yeah, it's good.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It's rewarding. I feel like, teaching school, yeah. cool teaching teaching school. cool when you have like people who are i think passionate about it and they understand the the work that it will take to get them from like point a to point b but sometimes i feel like from an outside perspective people don't understand how much work it really takes to become good at a craft like this or any craft like anything that's like good and like anything that's like longevity wise going to help you get somewhere it's not easy to no. master it's it's going to take you know thousands of hours in any kind of like path that you choose but sometimes i just feel like people think it's going to happen like this and it's like no like the one time that we meet a week like that's like a grounding point like you have to be working on your own like doing the techniques like writing doing whatever like there's so many Just in the realm of production, like not even like the the puzzle of being an artist, which is a lot more now than just the music, unfortunately. You know, it's just part of the job. But, you know, just in production, it's like there's just so many things you can be doing, even to just get your like skill set up. Like when I have people who are super frustrated, I'm like, dude, go in LaDaW and just make edits, like make things for you to understand how this works, how the back end of Ableton works, how to automate, how to do this shit. Because it's just the, whatever you're doing in that DAW or sound design, whatever, it's just going to help you. You're all putting in the hours towards the end goal. And then, yeah. you know, you can start thinking about all of the other shit that you kind of have to master, which is like the branding and the social media and like all of that, all right. that crazy that, stuff.
1: That shit's so Uh, (laughs) i like brand i I don't even have branding because i mean really but like i don't know i just i social media is the worst bro. social media
0: (laughs) sucks and i feel like we were just in this time too over covid where everyone was just so mad at the world and the only place they felt like they could take it out on was social media and like twitter, that uh, yeah yeah it's a, it's a, specifically twitter i know i know you you and twitter have a love-hate relationship it's uh it's 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 yeah it's i don't know people just are 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 interesting i guess well,
1: it, it's okay um that i have a love-hate relationship with twitter because um well did you see what happened to my twitter
0: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that. So, so explain to everyone listening what happened, and tell me if you know anything that I don't, because I would freak the fuck out, dude. I would be done.
1: Um. Well, I was. I mean, that that account. I felt like okay. I'll own up to it. I've said some bullshit, right? I've been. I. I you know. I've. The thing is, I actually. I am. I always have good intentions, but the thing is I come off. My wording is so fucked most of the time. So I just need to stay off of Twitter. But anyways, so um, I've done like Instagram, um, like, uh, oh, influencer, like payment things, you know, like, like, uh, like like I'll do like, they'll give me something and they'll pay me for it and I'll post about it. You know, I've done that Mm -hmm. before, right? Yeah. Now, some guy with a verified check mark and everything, he had like 8,000 followers or something hit me up and was like, um, yeah, we'd love to do, you know, a sponsored post for you. Um, we'll give you like 500 bucks and we'll, uh, I'll give you, I'll send you three pairs of Nike's kicks. And I was like, okay, sick. I mean, whatever. That's fucking easy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> I just had to post about And so I was like, okay, well, whatever. We were going back and forth for a while. And then, uh, he was like, okay, yeah, cool. Um, I'll get these sent to you, send me the address and everything. And then, um, did it and then he's like okay can you set up a um uh influence go on to our um website and go set up a your like account with our influencer side of everything oh no like okay so i set, set up everything everything and then i logged in there was like options to like log in like google twitter facebook it looked really fucking professional it was really well done I don't I'm not a I'm not a fucking idiot. Like, you know, I I really thought it was okay. So I went up to set up set up that thing through the portal or whatever and hit Twitter, logged in, yada yada yada. I was like, okay, cool. And then five seconds later I get um, emails saying your password has changed, your email has changed on Twitter. And I never had access to it ever again. Oh my
0: god. And did they now, ever but they've never posted, right?
1: Yeah, they have. They're saying check DMs, check DMs to like fucking a fuck ton of people. And they're messaging other artists trying to do the same thing from my account. They're like, I've been getting, it's been a fucking clusterfuck. And I have had probably like 500 people report that account.
0: I reported it when I saw when I saw it was like compromised. Why like do you think they're in with Twitter? Like what like like how has it not been taken care of? Cause I feel like when I, any of that shit know. happens on Instagram, they're like down like that. Like they're like all about it. And I understand it's not Facebook doesn't own Twitter, right? Twitter's like its own entity where Facebook owns Instagram.
1: Microsoft owns Facebook and and Instagram and like all that shit, I think, right?
0: Yeah, I think, I that- think so.
1: Or maybe... No, wait, 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 wait. Maybe it's not Microsoft. What am I thinking of? I don't
0: know.
1: I don't know. But Twitter is... I'm pretty sure it's... it's like it's
0: okay. an individual thing. So I wonder if like... Maybe that has something to do with like the lack of customer service, I guess. But it's just like crazy how no one's nobody, like dealt with it. Nobody
1: has hit me up. I've literally... I have, um, I have filed so many claims. I've had so many friends file claims. Other artists file claims. And for me. And, um, not a single person has had an email back, not a single, I haven't had an email back. Um, you know, absolutely nothing has been done and I just lost 12,000 followers.
0: That's so weird. It's like,
1: like, and now it just looks like I'm dormant on that account because I'm not posting ever. ever. I have a new account, which instead of being carbon official, I put it as official carbon. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. And that, that account. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have the following, that's for sure. But also I'm not really posting a ton. I've just been too busy, but yeah, you know, I feel like once I post, you know, that once we release the, um, that cold kids track and like do a bunch of different stuff, it'll probably get some more traction through that account. But Oh, for sure. And it's just ridiculous. The it would be way. just be was- such
0: a bitch. And it's so scary. It's so scary how easy it is for that shit to happen without you being, like, falling for, like, the Nigerian prince scam. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like if if you actually are being, like, realistic, looking at the situation realistically, there are just some people out there that, like— It's their sole job for this shit to to happen. And like somehow, I don't know if it's data mining, I don't know if it's back end other stuff, but it terrifies me to think like one day, like your shit could be hacked. And like it unfortunately has a lot to do with our job. Like it like it is part of our job. So if you lose that demographic that had your following on there on like a huge account, it's problematic. It's not great.
1: Right. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's a shit show. I really just wish that, you know what they're probably going to do? They're probably going to sell my account for 25 bucks. It's probably what's really going to happen. And I mean, I'm, I don't know. It's just, it's such a joke. I'm so pissed about it. It's
0: such a joke too. And it's like, worse things could have happened. Don't get me wrong. Like there could have been some other shit, but it's just annoying. And like, there should just be more security than somebody from an alternative location. Because I don't know the back end of coding. I don't know if it has anything to even do with that. But there has to really be some back door for you to sign in and create account somewhere. And then all of a sudden, they have access. That's it. and right. Yeah.
1: The, you know what's crazy is there's some other artists that had their, hack- their um, accounts hacked. And all they did was hit SoundCloud links from people. So oh just out there. God. So I'm like I'm like super scared about even opening anything now, and and sorry to anybody listening about if I don't open your shit because oh, <laughs> i Yeah, just
0: make
1: sure make sure you set up the two factor authentic authentic. authentic.
0: authentication authentication Authentication. say that five times fast um but yeah no it's definitely that that two factor step is the way to go for like the future like whenever like i sign into any of my banks i get like a text or i sign into whatever i get a text because it's you just never know and and I, I always was just so baffled when I realized that there are just people who wake up every day trying to get into people's accounts and trying to fucking, you know, wire fucking money and do other I'm shit. Just,
1: yeah. I'm just glad I didn't log in through Google on that because that they would have had access to all everything. my password chains, all my, my card info. They would have yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, not not throwing that out there. Nobody nobody heard that, but yeah. <laughs> but you you know what I mean. Like anything you save, anything you do, yeah. like any account that is linked to Google, I would have been so fucked.
0: Like yeah. fucked. <laughs> oh so, my like, god. They could, have, they
1: could have hacked my emails, all my emails. I have like, I don't know, nine. Like there's they it would have been a major cluster fuck. I but thank God it didn't happen. So that's just,
0: yeah, it's, 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 it's a whirlwind, but like, thankfully it was only Twitter and it didn't have to do with like any of like your other fucking accounts, you know, and, um, and, and you'll get the falling back. And you said that you're releasing music soon. Yes. Kind of soon.
1: Um, Fall. You know, I, I don't have a date okay. for you right now. Okay. Mainly because I'm having so many issues with labels. Okay. Um, saying they want something and then never responding to me for two weeks. Yeah. Like, like personally hitting me up and then not coming through with it. I don't know. It's a really weird vibe. I, I I'm. Where are you at
0: with like the label versus independent release? Like, where are you at with that?
1: The money with independent is fucking sick. Like, if I can get, you know, even if I'm just getting 30 to, you know, 100,000 plays, somewhere like that, you know, on all my platforms with releasing independent, like, fucking cool, you know, because I know that if I put it through DistroKid, you know, that's almost like, I don't know, that's probably, that's a decent amount of money, you know, it's like a thousand bucks or something like that after Spotify and SoundCloud and everything being connected, (laughs) you know, that's a good... I think Amazon's here, yeah. um, <laughs> but that's that's a that's a good little thing, a good little chunk of change which you will never ever get with a label. No. I, I can't tell you how many times I have put out music with hundreds of thousands of plays, millions of plays, and with a label, and I haven't seen a damn dime, and it's just fucking ridiculous. Uh, and it's 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 almost, fucked. That's fucked. I'm going to be a little bit of a conspiracy theorist here, which is. Probably not good, but I (laughs) I almost think that a lot of these labels purposely prey on people and fuck them over and, and then never send them records of how much money was really, you know, generated from all that. And then they just pocket it and, and say, Oh, here's your hundred dollars statement that you got from having a track with a million plays, you know, like it's, it's pretty fucked because there's, if you go on NCS, do you know NCS is? No copyrights now.
0: Is that, is that like BMI or is that, is that no, totally? No. Okay. No, explain that to me.
1: It's like a YouTube label. Okay. It's like, it's, it, they they do like gaming music for the most part, but they're okay. following is fucking huge. It's
0: a big YouTube channel, right? I've seen the yeah. NCS logo. Okay. 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 Yeah.
1: Like if you put out a track with them, you get like a million and a half plays in a week. It's insane. Wow. But they, um, basically they they have like a, a payment portal where like you know you can just you they constantly pay you out for like yeah. what you need or whatever and it, it's and that's how it should be done i think and um but you know you'll see more money from that than you ever will from most labels i mean i even yeah. the boss i boss i barely saw any money
0: which is but crazy. also
1: we we um Well, they they did a bunch of stuff on the back end, which wasn't exactly talked about to me. But they they made like um, like the skateboard. That's where my money went. They made um, and they made all this merch based off of it, and and that's why we didn't make any money. They made all this stuff for branding, but each sale of that goes to the label. It didn't even go to go to us. So yeah. I mean, we just weren't even like, where's our stream money, you know? But anyways, I'm not gonna complain too much about that. Sorry, Jaws. But um, anyways, yeah. No, no, like, no. But like, no,
0: it's it's that, but like these are the things that I would like, even though they're not like great conversations and, and they're not like happy conversations, like these are the things that I kind of want people like you to talk about sometimes because I really think there is an ongoing issue with one I definitely agree with first off a label is a great way if you're an up and comer to get people to hear you and and get yeah. new fan bases and get all of that secondly a lot of labels especially a few in specific that I will not name um are really preying on up and comers who have no idea what the fuck they're doing and they have right absolutely no business sense they don't understand that this is a business for the label while they're giving you the opportunity that's wonderful but you should be thinking in your best interest sometimes and understanding the way out of okay i'm going to give this up but i'm going to get this exposure but at the end of the day you know you still should be aiming for for something and you shouldn't just be like Hey, because that is a reality too, where like I sit in the seat too, and it's like I have a few songs at like a hundred thousand plays now. And you know, I've never seen a dime. I've never seen anything.
1: Yeah. And the best and, thing to do is monetize on SoundCloud too. I mean I oh, think yeah. self-release at least. But um yeah, that that I mean, I get paid out monthly from that and that's that's cool. That's true. Yeah. It's nothing crazy.
0: No. <laughs> it's nothing crazy,
1: <laughs> but it's uh, you know, it's it's definitely um Something you know I mean, well, it all adds life. up, you know, yeah,
0: it all it all adds up, but it's it's important too, because I think there's like this line between people being super stoked that like they're potentially you know developing their career or they're living their career as like their passion, and like a lot of people don't get to do that, and like within that, in my mind, it's like okay, you would never clock in for a shift and then go. Oh, I wasn't paid. Like that's okay. Like it's, it's yeah. okay because because I loved it. But here you get that. And and I mean it goes all the way up the chain. I mean, there's very few places in Florida you can go as a regional and actually get paid and not have to fight for your money. And I think that's the same with, you know, I think that's the same with with everywhere. And, and it's just something that like, I wish it would change, but it's just part of this industry. But that's why it's so important that when, as an artist, when you get to the point of having a team that you have like a good team, because that is like such a make or break point. I don't know. Can you kind of elaborate on that?
1: Um, team wise? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that um, it's really good to have, but at the same time. When, you, when your management is taking 20% and your agency is taking 10% and then, you know, you have all these other expenses that a lot of the time management does for you, like saying like ads and, you know, uh, for like shows and stuff, obviously that's a little further in the game, but like management is really good to have develop your brand, um, they, having a different perspective on it kind of the outside in instead of being you know the creative you can kind of bounce off each other your ideas and stuff and and that's really good and they also have good connections you know and but the thing is I I mean I have had probably six management companies um I am very far away from management now um, yeah i what they're doing is nothing that I can't do. I know everybody yeah. in the scene, you know, like I, I mean, yes, I don't know exactly the back end people. Like, you know, I don't know a ton of managers. I do, I do know a ton of managers, but I don't know like a ton of like, I don't know, agents and stuff like that, you know, that are, that are people that I'd be, or like promoters, you know, different things that, that, that like my management might know. and might be talking to and being like, even though they don't book the shows, you know, they might be like, Hey, you know, like, have you been seeing like what Garvin's been doing or whatever, you know? Like they they have those conversations, you know, consistently with, with their friends and their peers, you know, which, which is typically what that is. But I don't know. It's definitely good to have the uh have like a management and a, a, definitely if if anything, like I have an agent. That's what I like. Like an agent is cool, it only takes 10%. And <laughs> sorry, I'm a penny pincher with this shit, but um, No, but you, you have
0: t- to be. People don't get it that like you don't make Like it's so hard to make money doing this. Like it is, it's, it's, you have to have another source of income for financial stability.
1: Right. And you know, when, when 20 more percent of that is getting taken away constantly, it's not fun. So um, an agent is cool to have. If you can get an agent, cool. Like that, that's, that's the thing that will expand you into making more money. As long as you are, um know making music that people are receiving well and and you know if you can have connections with people or the the number one thing you don't even need a team behind you but you need yes you need an agent but other than that you don't need anybody else other than maybe a graphic designer um or like a, a videographer maybe for your shows if you play them but like you don't need anybody else other than um what was i saying other than Agent, uh, Agent, maybe. Well yes, yes, agent, but um
0: shit. Graphic designer, videographer, who else?
1: <laughs> oh my god, I was so lost. Um no I it was something else. It was uh, a <laughs>
0: whatever.
1: <laughs> Anyways you, you just no, you remember, you tell me, yeah, yeah. Oh what you need this is what I was gonna say. You need artists, you need connections with artists, even if it's yeah. the same size artist as you even if it's, you know, yada, yada, people who have released on different things and make good relationships with them and hang out with them and like become friends with them. Not for, I mean, obviously things develop out of that a lot of time, but, you know, make friendships with them, be cool with them, communicate with all these peers because that has done more for me than anything else. Like either collabs or, you know, whatever, if you do a collaboration and you're on, and then you're on an email thread with, oh, hey, that that track got picked up, you know, by Monster Cat or by, you know, all these people, whoever it is, you now have those emails to those companies. You know, you have the emails to the A&R, you have the emails to all this shit. That's the way, and then next time you want to push something out, you know, and you want to pitch a track to a label, those emails you send them to, you know, like, or sometimes artists will if they're already signed, like say NSD or something, they're like signed very like exclusively to NSD. They'll be like, Hey, like um, I connect you with NSD. This track is sick. Why don't you throw it to them? And like that, that is the stuff that is more beneficial than anything. And not to mention, that's how you learn a lot. You, you connect with other people that are doing the same thing, but in different ways. And you can, you can learn more about music. You can learn more about social media. You can learn more about, you know, a&Rs, uh, everything, all this label stuff, like it's, that is the way to succeed. Yeah. Without, without a team. That's yes. Yes. So, cause otherwise your management is basically.
0: Doing all that for you. They yeah, should be, they should be.
1: Should be, which I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No,
0: no. I always said like. Management is really good for developmental. Like in my personal situation, my management has contacts with labels that like I wouldn't have. And like that's right. my beneficial point where, yeah, I'm sure I could get it to them, but would it get in the right hands of maybe somebody that would actually take the time to listen, would actually be like, oh, X, Y, and Z. And then exactly what you said earlier, it's like if you're going for a niche. Sub genre in bass music, you should be around the other people who you know you're producing. Like, so it's like on like the management roster that I'm with. It's like is Trivecta, is Chime, is Asora, is Skybreak. So it's like it's all of these people in that pocket where. When my management sends something, they know what kind of music they're going to get because they know the roster that they have. And, like, that's where I find it beneficial for the point that I'm in in continuously developing Lizzie Jane because it's, like, now that I'm done with the residency, it's, like, I'm in this early kind of weird transitional phase where, you know, now you're playing shows out of state and now you're doing X, Y, and Z and it's just a different you know, chapter and, and it's good to have the help. But I always say too, that I waited a really long time before I had a manager, because I just think that your manager should be able to do something for you that you can't do for yourself. And you should also be knowledgeable on what all of these positions are supposed to do, because more times than not, I just see artists who have like no clue what their management or their agent is doing. And like, they may not have a good manager and they may not have somebody who's highly respected and like highly kind of like credible. And it could be hurting you more than it's helping you and you should just be on your own. So it's, I feel like every situation's different, I guess. But ideally, I feel like if you stay in this genre, once you reach a certain point, like you should be able to operate on your own unless you're at this like, huge kind of level where you need somebody helping handle your shit
1: yeah if you have too much going on then yeah you you, you gotta just like be hands-free and just let them
0: bite the it. bullet yeah
1: yeah but i mean the thing is like i don't know it, it it's definitely good to have management but i i just i i can't do it i just can't do it yeah not again not, not yeah. for a while not unless i know it's gonna be ext- like like extremely beneficial because yeah. as of right now, I'm okay with, you know, the thing is, management chains, a lot of the time what they do, or uh, management companies, a lot of the time what they do is like they help you with like repost chains and like playlisting for Spotify and stuff like that. And that's really good to meet, you know, to reach new fans. But like, and yes, as good as it is, you know, get 200,000 plays on something or, you know, whatever, I'm totally fine with just self-releasing. I got all the access to my own chains. Like I know everything. Like, Everybody anyways, like, my manager's going to hit. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, I don't even know why I need them
0: yeah. right now. Yeah. But then you don't. Like, if that's the position you're in, then you don't need them. And it's, like, you've been... Yeah you've kind of done the groundwork where you're in that position where you can choose. And some people, sometimes I think a lot of people are just kind of lost or they just like operate in their own stance where you kind of wear multiple hats already by like being a teacher, by doing the mixing mastering. So it's not... Out of like the mental capacity or like out of your realistic approach to what you do every day to also handle what a manager would handle because you have all of right. your shit established, which is like different than a position that would be. And if you were like a new person or a new up and comer, you don't know anybody in that point, yeah. it would be, you know, beneficial. But when you were like starting, did like before you did stuff with Never Say Die like did you always kind of aspire to make bass music or like how did you kind of like work your way into the scene to find your first big label
1: um actually originally i was part of the CED CEDM community you know what that Okay is? no the Christian EDM community Okay i uh i grew up um religious and i still yeah. but yeah. um anyways yeah and uh that, that scene was really small, and <laughs> I I knew this guy Matthew Parker, um, who was actually he's making like pop stuff. He's actually like on. Do you know what k Love is?
0: It's no. like a big like
1: Christian radio station.
0: Okay, okay.
1: He he like does really well for himself. He's he's on some good shit right now. But
0: that's awesome. Um,
1: he wasn't like that before, but um, yeah. So anyways, when I first met him, he he kind of like he was a, he was kind of a dick to me yeah because he was no because I would ask for like you know um help or you know criticism on my tracks and he would be like this sucks (laughs) and that's just
0: piece shit (laughs) yeah and
1: that's good though that's that's a great thing to have as if you you definitely have to be open to criticism especially starting out but um constructive criticism yes but um Anyways, yeah, and now I'm really, really blunt. I purposely am very, very blunt with people. I'm, I do it in a nice way, ish, but I, <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta be very direct. Uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, people don't get it, and they're like, "No, oh, well, it's fine." And I, I think I make great music already, so he doesn't really matter what his opinion was. No, that's not how it goes.
0: And um, I would rather yeah. hear it from you than a label just saying, "No, we're not going to take it." See ya.
1: Exactly. So let me tell you why it's an issue, <laughs> but or why something is wrong. But um, anyways, yeah, but um, I started out making a bunch of like Christian EDM stuff. And it was, it was kind of just like weird, but (laughs) it it, it was really crappy. Um, Never got on any labels or anything. And then I, what was the track that I did that ended up just doing well? Oh, you know what got me somewhere was Electrostep Network.
0: Oh, okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Way back when I when SoundCloud I was
0: popping.
1: Oh, it was insane. It's insane. Yeah. I, I would put out a track there and I'd get 200,000 plays when I only had like 10,000 followers. It was insane. So, anyways, that built the crap out of my following really fast. And, um, anyways, yeah. And that's, I got that connection. And, and once I released one track with him and it did really well, he, I forget what his name is, but the owner of it he wanted to keep doing stuff with me and, and it was, it wasn't like a huge label at the time or anything. It was just kind of like, he was just putting out music and, um, I didn't even know what monetization was. So, I mean, I think he was just racking in mad money from all that and that's fine. Whatever. I'm not pissed about it anymore, but (laughs) he was just pulling in all that money and it was fine. And then, and then, um, you know, we put out probably, Twenty tunes on together on Oh wow, Network. and um,
0: it's like two albums,
1: album and a half. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I uh, and that that really did well for me. And then the first people to play out one of my tracks was Adventure Club, and I was like, Wait, what the fuck? They actually like that Oh shit! So, yeah. Anyways, so they played that. I think it was at Sunset. Actually,
0: early days of Sunset, right? Had to yeah, be. Yeah,
1: something like that. Maybe, maybe it wasn't. I, I like twenty
0: fifteen. Like 2014, yeah. 2015.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real early. But, anyways, yeah. And, um, you know, that's, and the cool thing is, too, circling back to, you know, having connections with people and talking to people, like artist wise, um, they really liked my music. They're the first artists that I ever met. They, um, they had ended up messaging me, asking me for more music. And so I sent them everything I had, and they really liked all of it. It was so shit. It was so fucking bad back then. It was insane. Like none of it sounded good, but anyways, um, so I sent them it all and then I guess they were playing it. And, um, then they ended up wanting to meet up with me at a resolution in Seattle. uh, Okay. Or I think that's the new year's Eve party. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. And I ended up meeting up with them and, um, me and my girlfriend at the time hung out with them. And then we went to, um, the next, the next day, they had another show at Foundation, which got shut down. But anyways, yeah. And we went there and hung out with them and had more of like an intimate conversation because he was in the green room at that time. But um, anyways, yeah, they ended up connecting me to management, their management. Oh, wow. They wanted me to be with their management. So I was like, okay, book. You know, so. but anyways. Got
0: serious real quick. That goes yeah, from so, 0-100 to real quick. Yeah.
1: So that shit is what that one connection developed my entire career. So like, that's from there, I, I, you know, it's a long story from there, but I mean, you know, that, that was basically the breaking point. And that's the cool thing is that I tell everybody, anybody who's a musician, you know, if you make good music, it doesn't matter how many plays you have. It doesn't matter how many followers you have. If you make good music, you will be acknowledged. That's all. So all you have to do is focus on making really good music. You don't need to really focus on everything else. I mean, yes, their promotion is obviously nice and all that different shit, but, and you can pay for that. You know, you could do like hype edit and different things and you can pay 50 bucks and reach like 20,000 people. You know, like, like that's fucking easy, you know, but like, and as you do that more, you know, it's definitely going to build you quicker. But, you know, if you just, I never put, I never sent any of my music out to artists. I never did any of that shit. I was literally just hanging out and making music all day, every day back when I was like 16 and or 17, I think it was around that time. And, you know, I just was having a good time and that's it. And just put out music and whatever. And I had no plans really. And, you know, that's, and somehow people liked it. And then obviously it developed into what I am now. And that's like, it's simple as that. It's just about making good music. I didn't think it was good music back then, but I, you know, it's just, that's, that's the only thing I can ever tell anybody, you know, it's just, just, and Martin Garrett says that like so many other artists have said that, you know, if you make good music, you'll be heard. That's all it is. You know? So. I think some people need
0: to remember that sometimes, including myself, because there's just in like the age we live in now, there's like a lot of pressure to have the priority On a lot of things equally. And at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, we do see people who slip through the cracks, whether they're industry, whether they know somebody X, Y, and Z, that's always going to happen no matter what genre, what field you're in. But if the music isn't there and you're not hugely connected to someone, like it probably won't happen. Cause like, I see people like with these huge social media followings, like massive, whether they're bought or not, I don't know. I don't care. Everybody's like on their own prerogative, but you know, and then you listen to the music and it's like, you kind of, kind of connect the dots where it's hard now. Cause there's so many trends and there's so many, it's, there's so many people wanting to do this. And, and there's so many people putting out tracks that sound exactly the same to everybody else. Like it, it is a difficult thing to overcome, but you can see like the transparency when something just like isn't working or they haven't spent enough time working on the thing that they're supposed to be quote unquote, you know? Yeah.
1: But uh, And that's, that's what sucks. That social media is such a, um, that'll even book you for shows. Even if you have shit music, they know that they'll, you know, they know that you, because you have such a big following, because you have such good interaction, they'll, you'll be able to pull a fan base, even if your music isn't very good, just because they want to see you, you know? Like, yeah. And that happens a lot. Amazing. It does. It happens a shit ton. Um, Yeah. But, you know, it's crazy. But yeah, um, that's why I make so many different genres, because I'm all about, like I was saying, like, if you just make good music, you'll be heard. But that's why that's kind of been the whole, like, basis of my entire career. You know, I just want to make good music. Don't give a fuck what genre it is, as long as it's EDM, whatever. And even not you know, if you make good music it's just gonna be heard and then that's that's like thing I've been I've been just it's been in my mind for the longest time for ten years, you know, and and uh it's just that that's why I don't put myself in a box anymore really and I'm mm-hmm. just kinda like doing what I want, you know. And Yes. I feel like that's the way to do it. But also it it's not it's not that's why I stay away from a social media kind of like I just I just want people to appreciate my music. I don't really even care if I have a fan base I make all the music for me just like you make music for you you enjoy doing it you know it's it's a it's a it's an empowering feeling knowing that you can you know move a crowd with with you know something that you created it's great mm-hmm. you know but I um yeah I just I don't even I couldn't care I love all my fans but I couldn't care less if I had any you know I just want to make good music and and uh you know have something that's memorable in the world um you know for yeah in eternity honestly
0: yeah and and that there is like is is i feel like the way that everybody should feel and just sometimes you know life happens and you have to focus on other things but At the end of the day, too, kind of like a full circle to what kind of happened with your Twitter account. It's like all of this shit is like temporary, but like the art that you put out, like they're not going to take it. They're not going to wipe it from every platform. They're not going to take, you know, like that shit's going to be there forever. And that's why when I have discussions with people who are either in my position, lower than my position, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's like shows are great, but... The only way that you're going to retain anything from from a show on an average basis is if they have something to hold on to when they leave. And it's like, that's like them being able to say, oh, like, you know, because we go, we work in like the genre where you know, the crowd's fucked up. Some of them don't care who you are. Some of them know who you are right. and they're there for you. And like, when you really go down to the percentage of people who are walking out of a club at 3 a.m. who are saying, wow, that guy knocked my socks off or wow, he played support. I got to know who he is. I got to see who he is. And then they look up your SoundCloud and you have nothing. Then you lost them. You know, you, right. lo- you Spotify, you do ha- you don't have anything. You have two tracks out. You lost them. So it's like, I feel like you have to make a decision When you want to be in this career path, if you like want to kind of like build a house of bricks or you want to build it of straw and that's okay to do both. It's okay to want to be thrown on the touring circuit for three, four years and then be done. But if you want to do it long-term, like you have to build your discography and you have to experiment and you have to like take the time to focus on the quality of music that you're putting out because you know, it's just a part of our industry, but you see people who are on these huge tours and these huge touring circuits and people aren't listening to their music because they're not putting out their music because it's something that, you know, I'm sure they care about it. All art is like biased, but you can tell when a person has like real listeners, like people who are going back and listening to the music opposed to, oh, well, I'm touring. So I feel the need to speak. Put out music and they just put out tracks they don't put out like and it's okay to put out tracks it's okay to put out bangers but it's like if it sounds indifferent or the same as everything else i'm hearing and there's nothing for me to physically attach myself to it i'm not gonna go back and listen to it i'm gonna have a listen through it once and that's gonna be it that's i'm not gonna save it to my library i'm gonna say cool that if i heard it and i was in a pit probably would mosh to it that'd be it and, and yeah. there's just, there's a lot of different paths that you can take, but it's like to each their own. Everyone has to make the decision for themselves of like what they want their project to become.
1: Yeah. And that's, and you know, I really think that Enzo is a, a good example. I've been noticing. He's so
0: like, good. Yeah. yeah
1: he's, uh, I've been talking to him quite a bit. We have a collab actually. I um, don't oh, know what, that's. But um, anyways, yeah, he, I feel like he has like really true listeners. I feel like. People, I mean, obviously he's like selling out in a lot of places too, but like, I feel like he just, yeah, people definitely will listen to his music consistently, Yeah. but on the flip side, it's also a more listenable style of EDM. Um, I feel like it's more groovy or, you know, it's more something like I can, I can, um, can handle it, I guess, if I'm not, I'm not trying to rage, you know, I can still kind of like, you know, vibe with it. It's also pretty, you know, like, I don't know. I would listen to that while I'm working on or like while I'm doing something, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, it's, yeah, it's kind of harder for me to do that with like heavier dub it but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like he has really good listeners.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah and I- And that's I- where you see the outliers, you know, like that's where you see the people where like, He's on a shit ton of lineups, but like, he's not a bass artist. Like he's not, you know, like he's doing his own thing. Like I look at like Lewis, the child that way you look like all the way up the hill. It's like, I look at like Porter that way. I look at Maddie on that way. I look at flume that way. Like all of the guys who have kind of just stuck to doing their own thing. If people fuck with it, like it eventually grows. You just have to stay like true to yourself. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Definitely it's definitely an interesting, but it's an interesting thing, but it's a very long process to be able to build any career. It's just, any. it's not going to be, it's not going to be short, you know, anything you're going to master. I mean, you, you're going to have to put in thousands of hours, like you said, and, you know, you've got to, you really got to like dedicate. Yeah. Heavily.
0: And I'm like. That's the biggest thing. Yes, I'm I'm an impatient motherfucker and like I I went through a phase where now I'm in a much better place. But I, I, I see it all the time too in really new artists where they want everything now and they want it here and they want it now and and they want to grow and they wanna improve their craft and they wanna play shows and sometimes it happens, but majority of the time you just have to like swallow your pride and like put your head down and like work and just the things will come if your art is good. Exactly what you just said. Because someone, it takes one person. It really does. It takes one person or one team to take an interest in you and what you're doing and they can help if they really want to help you and believe in you, they can help like your experience and situation with adventure club is, is the perfect epitome of things that I still see happen today. That still happens to people today where Zed's dead discovers them and they've got less than a thousand followers on everything, but they make killer drum and bass. Hey man, come play our dead beach shit.
1: Like is that urban dawn? Is that what you're talking about? What? you talking about urban dawn?
0: Uh no no no. I was thinking of like Marion, but but oh, he, he oh, who's right, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like fire too, but like but like when he was coming up like he had like releases a lot of releases on like um I think it's Jadu Dala is the the label or Dude, something like that. I don't know like how that.
1: to say any of those. I, I don't know how to
0: say <laughs> any of them. But then like but then like he got, you know, so he just got some traction behind him and and he makes killer music. So It's like people were about it, like big artists were about it. And that's where we're at right now, where I either feel like you're on like the agency track and you're just exchanged and you're in the touring circuit and that's where you are, or you're like a kick-ass artist and like you just have to keep working and like somebody will take notice if your art's good. Yeah, you know and that's that's it that's that's fucking about it is there before i i leave you is there anything you kind of want to i know right now you're in that transitional phase you're working on new stuff is there anything that we should look out any new shows coming up anything like that
1: um as of right now i've actually kind of step back from the shows. Right. So
0: Dylan. Um, okay. Don't yes. really,
1: don't really got a lot going on there, but I, uh, I did just put out my backwards set on cool. SoundCloud Neat. and then, um, yeah, music wise, uh, it, this is probably not what I'm supposed to be telling people, but like, I really don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. I, That's okay. I, mean, I, I'm trying to figure it out because different style You know, I put out that, I don't know if you heard that Cardi B remix that I put out, but that was kind of wonky.
0: Yes. And that was was, like,
1: that was, I was trying to like kind of introduce that a little bit through that. Um, And, you know, uh, yeah, so I don't really know. I'm kind of, I'm trying to figure out release dates. I'm still trying to figure out label, um, my label situations right now. Um, But the thing is, even once you sign a track to a label, I mean, it's probably going to be two to seven months, honestly you can get something out yeah so uh, it's very rare that it's within a month so um you know that's that's just the reality i'll probably am gonna i'm probably gonna be self-releasing a couple tracks here um i try to put out something a month each month so Mm -hmm. like i'll probably put out maybe i'll put out that house album i don't know i haven't decided yet you know I, i really I don't know how to like even put out a house album right now when I'm trying to like change my style. Like I have all this music, should I just sell it?
0: <laughs> no, know. no, you shouldn't sell it. It's just time. It's just time. But like, it takes a lot of guts to like make a change. Like people go through their whole career and don't ever put out something that doesn't sound like their first track. So you know, it's it's good to make that growth. And I think we're in a time where people are hopefully becoming more accepting of it, of the change and of people not sticking in the box. It's what I see a lot more in the up and coming artists and people at like my level is people are just throwing out different genre tracks. They're doing a deep house track. They're doing a dubstep track. They're doing something like that. And that's the only way in my mind that you can like protect yourself as an artist because like you never know when a trend's going to die. Like you never know when something's going to happen. So, you know, I'm sure I'm sure your fans are patiently awaiting. They're patiently yeah. awaiting awaiting the music. And it, it'll be good. I, it'll be cool.
1: Yeah, I've been talking about that house album for or putting out well, my, my first O2 EP, that was um, almost two and a half years ago now. So like and that did really well. So people have been waiting for a new house for me for quite a while. But the house that I'm gonna be putting out is just a tad different than that. So cool. Um, it's yeah, it's more tech.
0: Um, that's the vibe right now that's the vibe yeah everybody Um, loves some good tech house but i greatly appreciate your time thank you for coming on enjoyed the the conversation and um i'll make sure to link that backwood set and you know huge congrats to you and your fiance holy shit puppy baby Uh, it's coming it's coming Uh, congrats on the house things going on yeah (laughs) but it'll be you know where it it'll be good life life happens like you can't people get like way too wrapped up in the scene sometimes and they don't realize that like what we do is not really reality and like a realistic right. take on how like life normally operates so it's cool to make that transition when you realize like hey like I should you know have this like life on the other side <laughs> that, that is important <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah dude I greatly appreciate it thank you so much for your time I'm gonna stop yeah. recording thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the XO podcast I'm so thankful for each and every one of you that are return listeners and viewers it means the world to me and and do not forget to check out my Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash this is Lizzie Jane for a first opportunity to hear these podcasts ad-free. Give us some input who you want to see on the podcast. Ask questions, one-on-one lessons, group lessons, live streams, and so much more. This is Lizzie Jane, and I'll see you next week for another episode of the EXO Podcast.